Hello, and welcome back. We're starting the show by snacking on something that has to do with chocolate and pumpkin, and I think you're going to like it, Mark. Also, we're going to be talking about the question, are funny people smarter people? Mark has more songs to share with you that you might not know the title, and in Paranormal Corner, we're going to creep you out. And welcome back to Snack a Little, Talk a Little. I'm Mark. And I'm Jenna. <laughs> Hi. Your intro cracked me up because you said, oh, and we're going to have some chocolate. The thing is that Mike. Mark. <laughs> chocolate. There's chocolate. So what do we, oh, wow. Get in there. Wow. So, so I didn't even look. Take, See, and so, there's, then there's warm room temperature milk to go with wow. the chocolateness. Wow. But there's this looks something, great. The, they're homemade. There's something different about these, Mark. Did you say they're homemade? Homemade. 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 <laughs> I've this is great. A in here for you. So most of the time, when Jana brings food in, I try to avert my eyes and not know what she's bringing in, so that you know. So it is a surprise when when I just look at it like I did. I don't. This looks like a cupcake. It does. Looks like a cupcake. Cup. It's sort of a it cuffin. Looks, looks like a or a muff cake. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well. And would you like to know what's in there? You know, the top of it actually kind of, well, you know. Nah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's something different about this. Okay. And I don't know how good it's going to be because I haven't tried it. I want us to both try it for the first time. All right. Well, it, so you go ahead and get in there. Okay. So it, it's it's the, uh, it, it's. It's the size of like a corn muffin. Feels moist, right? Yeah. Feels very moist. <laughs> oh Yes, your muffin feels <laughs> I can't believe sorry. we're starting the show muff, off like this. Muff cake. I'm sorry, your muff cake. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, to me, right away, it looks like a chocolate uh, muffin thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, cupcake muffin. Yes. Cupcake in a muffin pan. What, you know, is it a muffin pan? It's a cupcake pan. There's the same thing. It's the same pan, yeah. right? Yep. Okay. Yep. And she has uh, mini Reese's peanut butter cups on the top. Yep. And she has a white glaze. <laughs> well, you're not going to talk thing. about what you think it looks like. <laughs> it's not snotty enough. Uh, so while you're <laughs> while you're consuming, you guys, this is flourless, mm. and so interesting. Flourless. I can, it's flour, so I can post the recipe on our Facebook page. But I'm just going to tell you, this is pumpkin puree. It's some baking soda, one egg. Uh, you sweeten it. They called for um, maple syrup. I didn't want to do that because I find maple syrup ends up tasting like everything is maple. You do some pumpkin seasoning, which I don't even smell it. So I don't know if you can taste it, but pumpkin pie spice and mini chocolate chips. And that, all of that turns it this color. You wouldn't know um, that it's pumpkin because not it doesn't all. have the look. Oh, and nut butter. Sorry. Nut, nut butter with my... <laughs> With my um, muff cakes. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, since there's nut Welcome butter, welcome to the X-rated show. Uh, I decided it couldn't hurt anything to put the little mini Reeses on the top. So this is this a chocolate chip on the no. bottom? No, or is that's that like bits a... of the the nut butter? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the nut butter you didn't mix in. Well, I did, but there. Th- so this is like the all natural nut butter. So there's like the sediment, the, the hard stuff that settles at the bottom. Right. Um, so I, I, I mixed it like I often do, but there's some of it 
because I was able to clean up the jar, clean out the jar. I had a little bit of peanut butter and a little bit of sunflower butter, more sunflower butter than peanut butter. I combined the two and put both of them in here because they needed to be used. And why not? Well, I got to say, with my my first bite, it looked like you maybe had a. Uh, it almost looked like the nut butter was a filling at the bottom mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. But then I took another bite and it was like, okay, it's just a small segment of it that had the nut butter in there. Mm. You know, I wonder if you could... Moist. Okay. It's very moist. <laughs> it is. It's very moist. I would not have guessed this was flourless. I would not have guessed it's pumpkin. Right. There's nothing that tastes pumpkin-y at all to me. I don't even taste the pumpkin spice necessarily. I don't either. I can't taste the pumpkin spice. And it was a teaspoon of pumpkin spice, which is a lot. You would think enough that you would taste it. I added some cinnamon as well because I like cinnamon. So I'm like, ah, we need a little more spice. There's nothing harvesty about this at no. all. It's the, more of a chocolatey. Mm -hmm. The person who posted this recipe said that the pumpkin mm. is what gives it its um, its light sponginess or whatever, which I wouldn't, because it's not like I blend this in a blender. You just mix it all together and bake it. it. Did you use a hand mixer or did you just stir it with a stick no, or a spoon or whatever? Because I went out and got a stick <laughs> off of one of my trees. <laughs> Because I'm all into the foraging and homesteading, so I'm really embracing it. <laughs> I could use a fork or I could use a rose thorn. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Wow. So here's what I wonder. Yes. If you could take that nut butter, uh -huh. okay, <laughs> follow me on this. I'm following you. And and uh, I guess you'd have to cool it down or something. What I'm thinking of is you cool it down and you spread it thin on... Uh, wax paper parchment paper something mm -hmm. and then you use a cookie cutter and you cut discs out of it mm -hmm. that are just a little smaller than the diameter mm -hmm. of this mm -hmm. and then when you put the when you're making the muffin you put mm -hmm. some of the mixture in i'm following then you, you put this and the disc you may have to put it in the freezer first to make sure it doesn't get anyway then you put the disc in and then you put that and that way you would have a built-in cream filling it's interesting you mentioned that because i almost filled some um peanut butter Type pipe. I almost piped some peanut butter mixed with cream right. into the center, mm. but that was pretty late last night when I did that. And finally, I was like, "No, this is just going to have to be enough." <laughs> <laughs> so it is. It is so moist, very moist. But it is not pumpkiny and at no all. flour. You got. In fact, you know, what? I'm going to take a picture. I've taken a picture of the outside, but you guys have to see the inside. Because I can't believe this... pumpkin and egg and chocolate and baking soda. Unbelievable. This and this looks like this looks like a standard uh, flour cupcake thing. Yeah, it really does. And it has no flour at all. Not, does, at all. not even not almond flour. Not how does it even flour? look spongy like that? With, and one With, egg, only one egg. <laughs> I don't get this. No, this is not making sense but to me. I have made a bread before that was just egg and. Uh, I think there was vinegar, and there were a couple of other unusual ingredients. And the ingredient is great for um, how did I? I don't remember. Maybe one of our listeners can remind me. I made it turns your okay. The ingredients turn your bread green, but it is a bread that turns green, and it's like bread. You can make a sandwich with it. See, but it sounds no familiar flour. to me. So I don't remember if I we've done it done on the it show here, or if I did. Or you yeah. did it for a family thing, well, yeah, or if just, we've discussed you know, it. You just have to stop hanging out altogether, and then there'll be no question. <laughs> if there's anything that we've experienced at all, it would have right. been the show because we do nothing else ever. <laughs> it, 
So wow, that was great. Do you know what surprises what me? What a great way the, to start the show. The only oil, because I taste, I taste a little bit of oil. I sense. Oh, some and there's oil. oil. There's oil on my fingers. But it's all just from the natural nut butter. Wow. Well, I, I, <laughs> okay, I find so. nut butter has a lot of oil to it because I use all natural peanut butter, all natural uh, cashew mm. butter, all natural almond butter when I make things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of oil when it's just when you just take the nuts themselves and grind them up. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's great. In fact, Hadley's, you know, we, we've I think we talked about it here before. It's a place out and in the desert here on, on the way of the desert store. it yeah. was at one time yeah well it's and so that's much what i'm more. talking about the old hadley's mm -hmm. used to actually have a peanut grinder right there and you could grind your peanut butter much like you do with uh, when you grind your coffee beans yeah they had a peanut butter grinder and you can actually get peanut butter right from the grinder so and i just want to say oily. every now and then when i take a bite of this i am getting a little pocket of i think little bits of i don't think it's the mm -hmm. nut butter it's little bits of the chocolate chips, chips mixed with some of the pumpkin, and it's just soft and yeah. moist and unctuous and ooh. This is great. You guys, that's very good. The first couple of bites, I wasn't sure because it's not like eating a ding dong or a you know, name your hostess cupcake or whatever. Right. It's a little different than a chocolate muffin, but it's good. Yeah. And there's I, more. I, I thought it was great. <laughs> So you'll be taking some oh, home, good. like it or not. <laughs> Maybe you can like mix it together and make some ice cream with it. I'll just make it for dessert. Muff cake ice for, cream. I'll have it for, <laughs> with extra cream, We'll ladies. do that for a family gathering. <laughs> well, wow. there you go, you guys. I will post the recipe. This was really simple, and we're getting into the baking season, so you got to do it. Look, I still have grease on my hands from that. Yep, all from the nut in butter. A, in a good way. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> good. I have grease in my hands and I got a napkin in, in front of me, way. so I'm all right. <laughs> so, Mark. Yes. Do you think funny people are smarter? Interesting. Now, are we talking comedians or just people in general? Just in general. Hmm. It's tough to say because I consider myself a funny person and a smart person, so I'm mm -hmm. kind of I'm kind of ingrained in this. Um, I think so. I think if they're truly a funny person, mm -hmm. because so this is uh, we we didn't discuss this before the we did not. the show, but yep. but Jan told me what the topic was going to be, and right away my head went to comedians that are uh, popular or at least in our pop culture that I don't find funny at all. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they're even smart at all because they've certainly have spewed some ridiculous stuff outside of the their their niche, if you will, that I'm going, well that person's clearly an idiot. No wonder they're not funny. So that's why that's why I was asking whether you're talking about people or comedians, but I think uh, I'm trying to think Ah, see, it's it's. How do you define funny? Well, because there's I've people known, that you laugh at, right? I was because say, they're I've known stupid people <laughs> right. that we're laughing at them because they're so stupid. But they aren't particularly who, funny. It's this. It's funny that they're that stupid. Yes. People who are clever <laughs> enough to uh, find the humor in things and convey that in a way that you can't help but laugh. But also, I would say 
people who get clever things are probably smart also. Not everybody can... Right. But, I mean, there's some stupid things that everyone gets. Yeah, but but I, to me, that's different. Like, like sophomoric pie-in-the-face humor. Right. I don't know. I don't know how smart... I don't know. We're going we're gonna to read about it, but it's like, oh. I don't know. How smart do you have to be? Yeah, because I, I think that uh, certainly it depends on the type of humor and there are there are people certain people who can tell a joke and people who can't tell a joke mm -hmm. you know i think of uh, a radio show that was on forever here in los angeles and nationwide for a while mark and brian used to do steve the bad joke guy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was a bit that they did where a guy totally did not know how to tell a joke and it was it was funny in the way that they presented this but i think of that i think as someone who now back in the 90s I managed comedians for, mm -hmm. for about eight or nine years, you know, probably throughout the 90s there. Uh, and so I was in comedy clubs and I really got into comedy and studying the depth of comedy and stuff like that in order to help people out with their, their routines and things like that. And it was, it was very interesting to, to do that deep dive. I, I read books on it from mm -hmm. famous comedians. Steve Allen has a great set of books about stuff like that. So it's hard to... I guess what I'm saying is that there are some people that can tell a good joke or tell mm -hmm. a joke well. Let's right. put it that way. Agreed. And there are other people that try to tell a joke, and it's and I've been in this situation where they tell it so poorly that I'm like, oh, I almost want to retell it for everyone. Yeah. Because it is a funny joke, but this person just butchered it completely. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I don't. I don't ever do that. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, wow. So... You know what? I have a story to share about that, but let's go to what you want to read first, and I'll I'll uh, I'll follow up with the okay. story that I want to tell about someone someone actually interrupting someone, someone famous interrupting someone retelling a joke. Mm, okay. Well, as you know, uh, my ex husband was here in town and came to the house to get some stuff and some things, and I was just telling him about yeah, if you want to meet somebody wonderful, you know, blah blah blah. And he actually is the one who said he wanted to find somebody with sense of humor. He says, because I'm attracted to it, because to me, funny people are smarter people. Right. And I was like, wait, what? I made notes on that because I'm like, okay, I need to look this up and we need to talk about this. I've never really thought about it. I do. I will say that, yes, it's important to me when it's somebody that I'm interested in and attracted to. I do want to be able to have a conversation that's like more than just shallow crap and also i want you to make me laugh but i've never connected the two and thought you know if you're smart you're funny etc etc and does that mean that all smart people are funny and all funny people are smart i don't know but i looked it up and let's get into this all right i don't i don't think there's any absolute well i agree with that i mean I but but there certainly is uh <laughs> trends if you will i was going to reread my notes to you oh <laughs> instead here's what we'll do so i went to uh, it's a, a site called Open Colleges. Open Colleges. Okay. Dot com, I'm guessing. Yes. Okay. So Intelligence sure. and humor. Okay. Are smart people funnier? I was shocked, actually. I shouldn't be. You can find anything on the internet, but I was actually shocked that I could find exactly what I was looking for. Okay. Uh, Walt Disney said, by the way, laughter is no enemy of learning. So, defined by psychologists, a joke is an incongruity that is recognized and resolved in some way. But we don't need a rocket scientist to tell us when to laugh. 
there are countless types of humor, some of which we appreciate more than others, and rarely do we stop to ask why we find a particular joke funny. What if someone told you the reason you found a joke funny was because you have a high IQ? Or, alternatively, because you had a low IQ. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think I'd want somebody to tell me that. Oh, you're so stupid you found that funny. <laughs> I, I, or wait, you're so think, stupid you didn't get it. I think that's I, why you don't get it because you're stupid. I think I've said both those things in my <laughs> life. <laughs> you probably stop and think about that joke a little harder. The truth is, once you do start analyzing the conceptual nature of humor, you quickly realize how similar it is to the way intelligence operates through pattern recognition. But we'll get to that later. Science tells us there is a relationship between humor and intelligence. And while it may not be as simple as slapstick equals slow, okay, knowing how the two are related could prove to be a key factor in understanding the human learning process. So does intelligence predict humor? 40 years ago, scientists were already asking this question. Uh, Hawk and Thomas testing 80, 80, sorry, yes, 80 elementary level students found that a very high correlation between humor and intelligence was there. But of course, that was back in 1972. Of course it was. <laughs> okay. I don't get that part, but okay, of course. Yeah, what is that? What does that even of mean? Of course, Mark. Of stop. course, everyone knows 1972. <laughs> you must not be very Humor intelligent if you didn't the... know that. What? that, that is, that's an odd thing to have in an article. <laughs> yes. So how has the picture evolved since way back then? In 1990, a biologist, Michael Johnson, published a study in Perceptual and motor skills that connected humor ability to problem-solving skills. Subjects rated 32 jokes for funniness and solved 14 visually displayed mental rotation problems. Subjects with faster mental rotation times tended to rate the jokes as funnier, which suggests that the right hemisphere of the brain, often associated with problem-solving ability, plays an important part in humor comprehension. Okay, I gotta stop here. I thought right brain was creativity. And left brain was more what I would have thought would be problem solving. And I do think of myself as more of a right brain thinker who can, I can do whatever I have to do to get by, <laughs> but I tend to be happy in my little right brain world. So tell, do you, what are your you know thoughts what? on right brain? I don't remember that. I, I know there's a difference between left brain and right brain and one's more creative and one's more analytical. I don't remember which one is which. That's, <laughs> I mean, unless I'm wrong, my understanding is the right tends to be, yeah, more rose colored glasses. Left is more black and white or analytical. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I know there's supposed to be a difference between the two hemispheres of our brain, but I don't, I don't remember which one is assigned to which. Well, Johnson's findings were consistent with previous studies of patients with right brain lesions who struggle to distinguish between punchlines and non sequiturs when selecting joke endings in a multiple choice task. Hmm. Oh, that'd be an interesting study to take. Right. Don't you want to know? Right. Can I Finish. figure out what the end right, is? Right, right. What's, well, okay, I got to tell you, this goes back into analyzing comedy yeah. is what's a funnier punchline to this? Sure. Here's three punchlines. What's the funny? We used to do that. Not exactly like that, but when I worked with, uh, uh, well, one of, one of my friends actually was a comedian, uh, still is, he's still a funny guy, but uh, we actually worked with his routine. I mean, he did a lot. When I say we, I contributed very little, but uh, more moral support more than anything else and, and other things, but I don't want to take the credit away from how funny he was, but we would twist other people's acts as well. We'd say, man, that person needs to say this before that to mm -hmm. make that joke much funnier. Timing is everything, and you know, yeah. and and so, 
so we we kind of were doing that on our own. We were doing our own test. Smarter people, by the way, would know that the timing is everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, in 1995. Holt examined the relationship between humor and giftedness in students, and he suspected that intellectually gifted students would possess a more advanced sense of humor, noting that many theories believe that the key concept of humor is understanding incongruity, and this involves a mental process similar to problem solving. The results confirmed his suspicions, as gifted students recognized and produced more jokes that relied on wordplay and resolving incongruity. Around the same time, researchers from the Department of Psychology at Case Western University in Cleveland found differences in the comprehension, production, and appreciation of humor among students with learning disabilities. In the study, 20 normally achieving second graders and 21 fourth graders were measured against 14 fourth graders with learning disabilities and 12 fourth graders with developmental handicaps. Comprehension of humor was assessed by explanations of what made cartoons funny. Production was assessed by completion of captionless cartoons. Appreciation was evaluated by ratings of funniness and facial mirth. The researchers found <laughs> that children without handicaps comprehended the cartoons better than did the students with intellectual handicaps. Hmm. Interestingly, though, they found no correlation between intelligence and humor production in this case. The the ability to complete captionless cartoons. So, so when you when you rode the short bus to school. Oh yes, um, <laughs> yeah, for twelve years. Because uh, it took that long. <laughs> to... That was just the first day. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what what I don't like about what they're saying here is they said, oh, we did twelve students here, fourteen students. That's not a study. I mean, it's a study, but it's a small. Yeah. sampling but there don't forget the one from 1972 of course yeah, yeah everyone knew that <laughs> i mean to me studies like a thousand people a thousand students At across least, different yes. especially across different uh uh for instance if we're talking about america across state lines i mean we have regional but, stuff and um, things like okay, that so don't, this, this don't to me poo -poo, don't poo poo this study even if there were only 12 and 14 because clearly since we're both very funny we're obviously also intelligent. I know, okay? but I'm trying to get away from the self-referential <laughs> stuff because I was one of the students that was tested to have high IQ and mm -hmm, all that stuff mm -hmm. and had to be, I actually moved to another school, even though I we didn't move from the house, but I, I went to a school outside of my district because they had a- To be with all the other smarties. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, you're special. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in 2010, researchers at the University of New Mexico gathered 400 university students, 200 men, 200 women. That's better. And tested them on ad abstract reasoning, verbal intelligence, humor production ability, and in parentheses it says rated funniness of captions written for three cartoons, okay. and mating success. <laughs> That's mm. an interesting study. Uh, the results... Wait, wait. How do I get in on that study? <laughs> If you were smart enough, you would know. I was going to say, I'm already in on the study. I'm on the lower part of the success uh, part. <laughs> the results showed that both general and verbal intelligence predict humor production ability, which in turn predicts mating success. The authors go on to suggest that humor evolved at least partly through sexual selection as an intelligence indicator, which goes back to what the, uh, the X said. Right. Later, the same year, I'm not even going to try with this name, 
but some people <laughs> tested three predictions about verbal humor. A, intelligence is positively related to comprehension of humor, and B, difficulty of comprehension is positively related to appreciation, and C, intelligence and task difficulty interact in humor appreciation. 165 college students viewed cartoons and either rated caption, captioned cartoons for funniness or selected one of four captions and rated the combination for funniness. IQ was found to be positively related to comprehension. In addition, students who recognize the jokes are complex, as complex appreciated them more, and students who struggled to process the jokes appreciated them less. I mean, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it goes on and it talks about another study in 2012 with 400 college students uh, and 31 comedians. Uh, they were tested on humor production and verbal intelligence. Comedians scored higher than students, not only on humor production, but on verbal intelligence as well. But all of this is fine and good and proves that intelligence often results in a more advanced sense of humor. But what about humor's impact on the brain? Is it a two-way street? Can, can, can cultivating a sense of humor actually make you smarter? Uh, I don't... Do you think... Do you think... I mean, can you even cultivate a sense of humor? I mean, either you... I think you can if you can if you if you focus on it a lot and you can say I need to lighten up I take everything way too seriously I mean look this happens on social media all the time I mean I am very sarcastic in uh, most of my responses except we get into a fact based uh, uh, discussion back and forth with people and I struggle with okay these people are my friends they're my Facebook friends they know me they know my sarcasm do I need to put a uh, sticking the tongue out emoji after that, or right. if I just put a period, are they going to say he's obviously making a sarcastic comment? So it, it's 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 hard to tell whether people are going to receive it properly. In I, I understand what you're saying because in type, yes, it, things could be uh, mis misread, mis right. yeah, misconstrued. Yes, uh, you know what? I would imagine that it depends how how the conversation is going right if this is a because you'll do that sometimes with things that you'll send me right and i know that you're kidding but i mean generally i mean i feel like i know your sense of humor and when you're kidding i feel like right. i do and so but if it was a really passionate conversation and maybe i could misread it i mean i certainly have right. I, I wonder if women are worse than men about that yeah i don't know about that i think we can all misread things but but the main thing is that that do what was the, the the thing we were addressing? I I forgot what we were addressing. Can you cultivate a sense oh, yeah. of humor? So to me, and become smarter. If if you, for instance, uh, let me, let me throw out this example. If you're on social media and you're reading a thread and you're thinking, man, these people are getting mad at each other. For instance, you, me, and and uh, maybe our friend Kevin, who's been on the show, are mm -hmm. all being sarcastic about something yep. in some of our private pages that we're part of. Yes. If someone from the outside saw that, they would think we were being serious and they might get offended, this yes. or that. Yes. If that was in public, maybe that person should say, you know what? Oh, I see. Maybe they're not being serious. I need to lighten up. If someone actually says, I need to lighten up, well, there's steps you can take to lighten up by not taking it all so seriously. And I think that is cultivating... A sense of humor. I think you can cultivate a sense of humor, and it also depends on who you hang out with, mm -hmm. what definitely what media and entertainment you consume. I mean, someone who's uh, 
you know, and we're going with stereotypes here, but someone who's very stuffy and and only reads intellectual books and stuff and only watches uh, uh, masterpiece theater or something like that and say, I don't get Seinfeld. I don't get, uh, uh, (laughs) darn it. Friends. That's what it is. I don't get friends. I don't, I don't get any of this stuff. It's that's stupid to me. Well, you have not cultivated your sense of humor. I tell you, if you start watching these shows and you get to know the characters and you realize the whole thing is a mockery of people, a parody, like Seinfeld had said, even though so many people took a lot of the stuff on the show seriously and started doing the trends right. that were on the show. His whole thing about doing that show, he was mocking all he he mm-hmm, and, and Larry mm-hmm. David. They were mocking the people in their lives and the ridiculous way they were so self-serving on everything. Absolutely. But the thing is, is so many people embrace that as I'm going to be self-serving as well. And, mm-hmm. and <laughs> so. But again, back to, back to the thing. Right. I think you can cultivate a sense of humor if you open yourself up to the absurdities and realizing that something like Seinfeld was not a pattern on here's how you, you're supposed to live. It's, a, it's mocking the people that think here's how you're supposed to live. But you okay. have to have that intellectual ability to be able to do that. <laughs> I have to say, not Seinfeld. Seinfeld, I think, is very clever. Right. And, and other shows, if I, yeah, if I thought a little bit more about it, you know what, there's a show, a movie, a, we'll call it what, a mockumentary, documentary, Gods Must Be Crazy. I remember watching this forever ago, and... Okay, okay, wait a minute. I almost have chills now. I just watched that a oh, few days inc- ago for the first time. Oh my heck. I was aware of also, it. So it's fresh. Good. I was aware of it. Yeah. But I never actually watched it. I was aware of what it was about and everything. And it was a different move, a little bit different than what I thought. And you just brought that up randomly. I did. Yes. As we're talking about this, I got to say. I'm freaking out just a little bit. I thought it was hilarious and in a different kind of hilarious way. But I thought it was very funny and I got the humor in all of it. There was somebody who was at this. It was a movie with a, a group of people who was just like, this is really stupid. I don't get it. Why are you people laughing? And. I don't know. At the time, I just thought he he doesn't he doesn't. Did get you this. see it in the theater? No. Oh, okay. No. So interesting. So, so so that's one where yes, I got the tongue in cheek humor. I'm, right. I I didn't expect it. I didn't know what to expect. I'd never seen it. I didn't know oh, what okay. it was. But yeah, I could so, see. So so I had expectations, mm-hmm. and they were not met because it was a different, little bit different movie than what I thought. So The Gods Must Be Crazy is a movie that came out in the seventies. That sounds about right. And yes. just to explain to people, it was, uh, it was kind of an early version of Crocodile Dundee, but it was done in a seventies way. It was done as a documentary, but it was a mockumentary because it was a lot of stuff was staged. Probably the whole thing. Except that, so what it was, was it was a uh, Australian Bushman group, uh, real Australian Bushman. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, they, but they actually hired a real Australian Bushman yes. to play the main part. And yep. so I'm assuming the other people in it were probably his tribe and stuff that mm-hmm. you know, were in the background mm-hmm. on the scenes where he was at his home camp. And uh, the whole thing was that uh, because they were so remote and they didn't know about uh, the modern world, which was certainly a possibility back then, 
they found a Coke bottle, a Coke yes. bottle that was Coca-Cola bottle that was thrown out of an airplane. For some reason, being thrown out of an airplane, it landed in the sands of the Kalahari Desert and it was still able to uh, uh, survive or whatever. Yeah. And anyway, they found it and they thought it was a gift from the gods and then they thought it was a bad thing from the gods and, you know... Anyways, it was it was and the madness ensues. Right, and, and it was pretty funny. And there were and there were some other. I didn't know there was. Uh, right, they 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 did, and that that's real. By right, the way, yeah, that yeah, wasn't yeah. mock. That you're that's cultural if mock people, appropriation. If you people are watching, or, or if you people have seen it, then you'll know what that was about. If not, then you should. That watch was it. that was fascinating. So that you can and gauge I've, your sense I've of seen humor that kind of and stuff your intelligence. Before. Yeah, but but anyway, it, it was an it was you have to put your mind back to the 70s because it's not a movie that's quick paced necessarily not at all and has a uh, couple subplots of you know a little maybe romance-ish kind of a thing some 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 goofy stuff so it's kind of a goofy movie i thought it was actually based on the stuff that i had seen before i watched the movie i thought it was more of a mockumentary where they took it more serious than they did okay and i didn't, i wasn't expecting it to be as light as it was in that sense. But anyway, it's a very, very interesting movie. And it was, uh, I think it won an Academy Award for Best Foreign Film or, or something. There was there was some reason why it came up into my radar back in the 70s. So anyway, there you go. All but, right. But, well, but again, that was like, a like you're, happy accident. <laughs> yeah, like you're saying that, you know, people were like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I thought it was, I thought it was funny. It wasn't laugh out loud. No, some it's, of it it's was. a different, it's very, it's, it, um, I was going to say it's very subtle. Right. But it's a British Australian film. Well, Australian, yeah. I think, film. So it's a different style of humor. If you've seen, uh, oh, what's it called? Help me. The the one with Michael McKeon, Christopher Guest, and Spinal Tap. This Thank is you. Spinal Tap. So Spinal Tap is like pie in the face funny compared to this. Mm. I mean, which which also has a. Uh, it's. By the way, I've never seen This Is Spinal Tap. Okay, that's next. On I've your only list. seen the clips. You'll love it. I'm pretty sure you're gonna love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I like. I know so much about it. So much sarcasm. But, but yeah. I have not. I've not. I actually never sat down another to watch one it. that's a mockumentary, but yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Did, have you ever speaking of mockumentaries? Have you ever seen the Ruddles? No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just figured it was I some kind I, of a. No, oh, that was the Birdles. I think Night Live. No, I think I saw this on PBS because I was a PBS nerd back in the day when I was a kid. The Ruddles is also done in the 70s. It's a mockumentary of the Beatles. It's not the Beatles. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. It follows the Ruddles. Okay. And they actually had one. This is one of the scenes that I remember that, that the fans think that, uh, I forget the names of the people in the group, but it, uh, one of them was at least, at least two, I think, were Monty Python people. But anyways, they said, the fans thought that so-and-so had died. And the and and one of the other one of the other members felt that he was not getting the attention he deserved, so he pretended to die too. <laughs> and that was, of course, mocking the whole Paul yes, is dead right. thing with yep. the Beatles. That's what I was thinking of. But yep. the Ruddles, uh, uh, very very funny stuff, very okay. British humor. I, I, okay. I remember enjoying it, and I do it. like the British humor. Yeah. Okay. Well, Stanford. Okay, now we're talking Stanford. Okay. The researchers have begun to understand specifically how humor activates different areas in a child's brain. Findings reported in the Journal of Neuroscience, uh, they show that some of the same brain circuitry that responds to humor in adults already exists in 6 to 12-year-olds. In one study, children watched short video clips while their brains were scanned with functional MRI. In children, as with adults, the funny videos activated the brain's mesolimbic regions, the area that processes rewards. It is in a less mature state than adults, but it is already present in ages 6 through 12. 
they found this very interesting. There's also high activity at the temporal uh, occipital parietal yeah, this is getting too <laughs> junction. technical for me. <laughs> okay, break it down. He says a lot of humor is in fact incongruity. So it, you expect something to happen and then all of a sudden there's a twist. Something right. completely different happens and that's what makes jokes really funny. Right. If you can interpret a difficult situation in a humorous way as opposed to just this is a terrible fate befalling me, that could make a significant difference in how your brain and body responds, responds to a difficult situation, which goes into what you were saying. That is my entire life. Which is? My entire life is no matter how bad the tragedy, I always find something funny in it. I'll keep that in mind when I have tragic things happen. I tell you, I'll come over and mock things and make fun of things and... And and, and, it's, and it'll especially be incongruous because it's the worst time ever, especially around death. You don't make fun of stuff like that. But you know what? I will because as, people will go, oh, my God, I don't believe you just said that. As Mark knows, I just had to put my old the old man of the house, my cat Pepper, uh, down. And um, so far. I did not make any jokes n- about that. You have not yet. I know, You're being because, sensitive. Because I know you and yes. I'm that sensitive because I know you are so sensitive. Yeah, in a week or two, you can. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll be but waiting I, for that. But I did express. I haven't even gone What, what did I express when you told me? Area you yet. told me afterwards, because I didn't know this was going What you did I express? Say goodbye. That's right. I yeah. expressed that I, I wish I would have been able to say goodbye to that old guy. Would you have gone with me if I had oh, invited yeah. you? Oh, I certainly would have. Oh, see, now I'm going to cry. No. Don't okay. Worry. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, I'm going to uh, rub you. your arm here a little bit to let you know that I do, uh, I do, you. I do care. I All do right. care, and I would have I would have gone with you. And so finally, artificial intelligence and humor. Hmm. Perhaps the biggest clue we have from science is the fact that it's so difficult for machines to create good humor. Engineers have been hard at work for decades designing robots that tell jokes. Among the efforts are JAPE, the joke analysis and production engineer, stand-up, the system to augment non-speakers' dialogue <laughs> using puns, and LibJob, the light bulb joke generator, Oh, heck. Uh, some of these acronyms, they just, they force themselves into the acronym. Yes, yes. <laughs> so computer programmers are looking for just the right witty acronym for the next big comedy computer. Anything but dumb jokes is what they want. Hmm. Computers excel in working with simple fixed data sets. It's why most joke generating programs have so far focused on puns and other wordplay since finite word lists and specific definitions are easy for computers to scan and parse. But most comedy trades in concepts that aren't simple or fixed at all. And finally, certainly machines and human brains can't be compared any more than apples and oranges, but these findings do hint at a sort of truth to the humor intelligence theory. If human intelligence is capable of creating and interpreting humor in a way that computer programs aren't, then maybe higher intelligence does indeed correlate with better humor. Well, so, you know, we we are all influenced when we're young of, of certain things and some things really stick with us. So back when I was in high school, there was a guy that was uh, like the funniest, most creative and talented guy in our whole drama department. He was a couple years older than I was. He could play the piano. He did. He was actually sending uh, his own recordings to Dr. Demento at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Demento was playing his novelty stuff. And anyway, and I just remember I respected him so much because he was just this, at the time for me, an, an icon of talent and mm-hmm. stuff. And I remember we used to make a lot of puns in our our group, our our theater group. Uh, And I remember one time he said, he said, you know, dumb people just don't get puns. Smart people come up with puns. 
and they can appreciate it. And that had a big effect I mean, on me. It seems... And it's so funny so. that this comes so many years later after this. Of course, then he ended up smoking pot and, and spiraling into I don't know who knows what. He had he had opportunities and he drugged away, away from them. Yeah, it was it was terrible. But I gotta say, you talking earlier about cultivating your sense of humor. Right. I don't know if a person okay a person can be shy uh, or or whatever. But it's there, but they aren't the one usually who's saying this stuff. Maybe because they don't want the attention or or whatever. But I don't know if a person can cultivate something that isn't there. I don't know if you can find a sense of humor that that really sees the, that everything could be a pun. I don't know. I just don't know. All right. Well, let me show you. So here, here's the story that I'll, I'll okay. wrap this up with. Good. This is, uh, I was at the comedy store in Los Angeles. Now, mind you, I never went up on stage to do all this stuff mm -hmm. yet. Okay. I still may. Okay. I'm still okay. writing jokes left and right. Oh, all right. But... Uh, and darn it, this whole time we've been discussing this, I've been my part of my brain, I don't know if it was the left or right part, has been trying to recall what the joke is. I can't remember what the joke was. Okay. So I'm just gonna this say should be great then. So a joke has a setup, a premise, a premise, a setup, and the punchline. Uh-huh. So I'm just gonna say that instead because I can't remember the dang joke. Okay. So we're there and Louis Anderson is working the belly room, I think. He's working out some material in the belly room. And Louis Anderson's out doing his jokes. And all of a sudden you hear from the back of the room, Louie! Louie! Ah, Louie! And it's like, what the hell is oh, going my. on? And this is back in the 90s again. Uh -huh. Roseanne Barr is drunk off her fat ass okay. and comes up to the microphone to interrupt his show he's doing. Heck. And and it goes, ah, Louie, Louie, I got a joke. So you got, so you got Roseanne Barter and most annoying, and Louie Anderson up there too. <laughs> so this was like a nails on a chalkboard in two different ways. Yes. And she comes up, she goes, oh, I got a joke, I got a joke, I got a joke. I mean, like I said, he's up on stage working out his material for us, and she completely interrupts. Mm -hmm. He was so nice about it. Good. He led her on. Mm -hmm. She gets up the microphone. Okay, 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 okay. I got this. It's a, a, a premise set up punchline. And she did just like that. And it was like, <laughs> what? What? That was, everyone was just annoyed. And he goes, Rosie, Rosie, Rosie. Well, no, that's not how you tell the joke. Here's how you tell the joke. You got to slow it down. And you say, premise set up punchline. Everyone laughed their ass off. What he did, what, like I said, I can't remember what the joke was, but right, right. the way he did, he broke it down, he slowed it down, Showed and he her how it's emphasized, done. Yes. and we had just heard the joke. Right, right. And it was a and simple then, joke. Yeah. It wasn't a complex thing, but he just illustrated, and that was a huge moment for me. I mean, I already, you know, it's, again, timing, I already knew that stuff, but it was just like, wow, he, not only was he so kind and diffused the situation that mm -hmm. she created as a tasmanian devil going up there to interrupt things yeah. but he actually that quickly took that joke spun it right around Told and made it, it 10 times funnier yeah. and it was still funny or and, funny finally and unfortunately uh, we don't have louis anymore no and uh but it was just i just remember how how kind he was because i wouldn't have been i would yeah. even if she was my friend and drunk i'd say you're drunk get off my stage i'm working out material right he was so you know, like I said, he he went on to do the Family Feud in mm -hmm, his mm -hmm. before he uh, retired or whatever, and uh, 
you know, some of that stuff is funny. There's actually someone who mocks that stuff, and I have recording of it. It's funny than funnier than crap. All right, it's time to play the feud. <laughs> but, but he was uh, genuinely a nice guy, a funny guy, and probably a very smart guy. Okay. So there you go. What do you guys think? Let it, let us know what you think when it comes to comedy and humor and telling and, and intelligence. Yes. Yeah, and, and whether people are smart or dumb or what that. You can uh, give us give us a message, give us a call, give us a shout out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Let's snack a little. Or better yet, call our dedicated listener line, leave a message, and we may use it on a future show. That number is 909-572-0278. We want to hear from you. Let and us know. And we want to hear this, Mark. What? What you got. <laughs> All right. So we have a quiz. This is a quiz. This is called Even More Songs That You Know the Song, But Do You Know the Actual Title? Right. Now, some of these may seem simple. I don't but think I've done very a, well on these this is yet. A, uh, you know, I, I, I'm dumbing it down for you Thank sometimes. you. <laughs> Thank you. It's just so funny because, you know, I, I listen to a lot of different media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And these songs come into my head and I think, yeah, I know that. Oh, wait, what is the name of that song? I, I know the chorus of the song. Yeah. But what is the actual name? I have done very well with guessing a lot of the artists. But oh, yeah, yeah, the you're, title of the song. You're, oh, you're great. You're great at artists. But this is a title of the songs. So this is uh, so you, you get you get a you get a point for the artist and, the, and, and stuff like that. I'll take it. Because because you need it. Uh, <laughs> I do. I do. But it's the what is the actual name of the song? OK. All right. So here we go. Everyone put on your thinking caps and see if you can beat Jana at the name of the song. Here's the first one. All right. Well, super tramp. Uh, is it breakfast in America? Yes. Wow. Eight seconds in. Thank you. See, I didn't know if people know. Because they only say one time about breakfast in the song, to my recollection of it. This one, um, somebody who's been a guest on our show and is a dear friend of mine, has not just a love of Supertramp, but also um, some really emotional, beautiful ties to Oh, interesting. To Supertramp. And Tom, my brother, loved Supertramp. And I think had this album specifically. Here we go. Breakfast. That's the only time I think breakfast is mentioned in the whole song. This one's pretty catchy just because of the... Oh, it's a great song. The boom, boom, yeah. boom. What is that, a tuba? Yeah. I love it. How much do we actually th- listen to the background? You kind of hear the whole song. That's a whole different listen segment. Listen to all the greatness like that's, a whole different, that's going on. That's a whole different channel we need to do. Oh, totally. We need to do a, do a uh, old people react to old songs and reappreciate them. I'm, I'm clarinating this. I'm re- you know what? There's my, my Jewish. Hey, shout out to my Jewish friends. There's your clarinet. <laughs> All right. And actually, I could picture this being the song that the people at their Jewish wedding, when they like step on the glass right, and right. like hold Papa each Nagira. other and all that, this, right. this, okay. right here. Okay, go. All right. So here's here's another one. That, man, eight seconds. That was great. Oh, thank you. All right. Here we go. Remember the actual title oh, okay. of the song. Okay. I feel like I just got lucky with that one, but let's go. Oh, uh, oh, oh. Oh, Tom Petty. Wait, no, no, Jenny, Jenny. Uh, right, Jenny, Jenny. Jenny, Jenny. <laughs> Can I 
Oh, do I know the title to this? Is it is it something about Jenny? Because we all know, right? Eight six seven five three zero nine. Jenny, I've got your number. No. Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. No. Jenny. Because <laughs> hmm. what do most people think it is? They don't think it's eight six seven five three zero nine, do they? It's not that. You are so close. Jenny's you, number? Do you know who sings it? The number of Jenny? Do you know who sings it? <laughs> no. Is it a one-hit number? Wonder? I think, I think so, yeah. <laughs> one-hit number. So the singer or group or whatever is Tommy Two-Tone. Oh, I do. Okay. Right. I know you'd know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. The song's title is actually 8675309 slash Jenny. Is that one of the things I eventually threw out or no? No, you said both, but you okay, didn't, didn't say it in the right order. You didn't say okay. it in the right order. But <laughs> it it's, was all around. The title of the song is 867-5309 slash Jenny. Okay. So it's, it's both, but yes. you, had, you had to say it in that. In the right order it's with a, the slash. Right. Okay. Exactly. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, I forgot to do the, the... Darn it. I have the information. So let me just say Breakfast in America was 1979. Okay. Uh, 8675309 Jenny slash Jenny. Uh-huh. Make sure I get it right. Is 1981. This okay. next one is from 1986. Okay. So let's see if you can guess the singer and, more importantly, the title of the song. Okay. Oh, come on here. Uh, the out, the out, the out, something. The, uh, out. I'm all around that, aren't I? Yeah. With the out something. <laughs> I don't remember this opening being this long. This is a music video, so oh, it's extended, I think. Certainly the, more than they play on the out, radio. Oh, the out. I, I, outcast keeps, and I know it's not outcast. Obviously, it's not outcast. Mm-hmm. Tonight. No. Josie. Josie's. No. Jo- okay, go. I don't I, know. I wouldn't have known this. Okay. Because I think it's, I consider it Josie. Your love. Oh. I don't okay. want to lose your love tonight. And I just want to think is... your love. The outfield. <sighs> you were so close. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had heard this song and I thought, I don't know what the actual name of this song is. I think I get a half point for that. Well, you do. Because oh, I had the certainly. out part. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't want to lose your love tonight. Okay. So it's your love. Your love. Okay, so this next one, so that one was 19, let me get back to my list here. That was 1986. This next one is 1995. We're skipping ahead. Oh, okay. 1995. Oh. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. You know the song. Uh, I do. I am still living with your ghost. Lonely and dreaming of the West Coast. Now, I don't know why I know the name of this song, but I but I do recognize it right away. I must have looked it up at some point back in the day. Stupid game. I always thought that part was weird. Stupid game. Oh, I always... 
that should be a misheard lyric. I thought it was, he was saying stool pigeon, oh. but he's saying it like stool piggin. I don't want to be your stool piggin. Uh, uh, I know the song. I probably also know the group. You know the name of the group. So this is, uh, it's around the era of, um, it's around the era of the grunge, but I, don't, I wouldn't call this grunge it's soft, because it's soft grunge. I yeah, because it's it. not as messy. Soft pop grunge. And it's probably around the same time as. And I don't, I don't know that the name of the song is ever mentioned in the song. Okay, I don't, I, I'm going to be so mad, but go ahead. Hit me with the... The group is Everclear. Okay, you know what? I don't know. I would. Uh, yes, I know who Everclear is, but I don't know if I would have said this was Everclear. I have a connection with one of the current members of Everclear. Maybe one of these days I'll get him in here on the show to talk about rock and roll. Cool. But uh, they've changed the lineup a few times that I've seen, and uh, one of the members is someone that I actually went to uh, school with, was in choir with this person. Oh, right on. The name of the song is, and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there in our listening group that have already yelled it out, Santa Monica. Oh. So did you even know that at all? Nope. Now it's getting a little grungier. Yeah. I love that song. I just think it's a great Yeah, it uh, seems like this is around the era of like Possum Kingdom and uh, Live. Wait, what did you just say? Possum Kingdom. I don't even know what that is. You do know the song. But you're so hip. I... The Possum Kingdom doesn't even factor into my brain. Well, I might just have to bring that one wow. to the show. All I right. Want, I won't say any more about it. All right. So this is the next one. This is the last one. Last one for this segment. Okay. Is from, uh, hold on. Let me check my notes. This is from 1997. Okay. So 1997. Potentially something grunge or post-grunge. So we're, we're coming up. Yeah. I was going to say we're coming up in time. But this, is the, this is the last one for this segment. Okay. So here we go. Okay. This is 1997. Mm. Oh, uh, right. If you want to call me lover, come around now. Again, <laughs> you know the song, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Do, 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 do. And definitely, yep, right in there in the same era. Great song. Oh. See, we got to fill in the spaces so that the computers... But I just want to sit here and be quiet and think and listen. <laughs> oh, dun, dun, dun. Third Eye Blind. Yes, you are correct. You get a point for that. I love the cadence of the talk singing that's going on here. It's poppy, jumpy, jingly, jangly with a little, little bit rap. of edge. A little rap well, in there, too. That, too. Something else. Oh. Yeah, what he just said. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, "Oh man, I don't want to do any. I don't want to. I don't want to react like he just said it. He did just say it, but I didn't hear what he said. But I know what he said is it. The semi, the semi, something like. <laughs> I'm gonna let you stew. Okay. Now the thing is, is because this is so poppy. This is actually about drugs and drug addiction. The okay. song. Right. I mean, it is. There's a. There's a part. Let's see if he says it. I don't know if he'll get to it. I bumped up, took the hit that I was given, then I bumped it, and I bumped oh. again. See, I wouldn't Listen. know. I would, 
I wouldn't know all that. Listen. He was talking about how would I get myself back inside you. Uh oh. And there's there's about uh, a girl laying down with a, her lingerie on her. Anyway, I won't get to the specific lyrics, but <laughs> it's sexual as well. This was used to promote the Tigger movie. Oh. Disney, because of the doot doot doot. Right. And it was like, it came out, and people were like, what is Disney doing? This is a song about drug addiction and sex and stuff. Well, if it was just the doot 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 part, then. Right. But they didn't know at the time because it was just so poppy. So it is Semi Charmed Life. Okay. Semi Charmed Life. Okay. Okay. Poppy, pop perfection. Yeah. Pop rock perfection. The 90s did have some great music. Those little red panties. The little red panties pass the test face down on the mattress. <laughs> Welcome to the Tigger movie, kids. <laughs> good, good. So there you go. That's, that's our quiz. Stuff. And uh, you did uh, better than other ones. I did. I did, did better. Yeah, oh, yes, it was better than other ones. I actually never write down the points or anything, so I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I've guessed the title. I don't think I've guessed the title of any of them. I think I got most. Oh, you got of breakfast the in America. No, no, I got Super Trump breakfast in America. You got that one, right? But I'm saying on the other ones oh. we've done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there will be more in the future because I have cool. uh, other ones on the list. But okay. right now, of course, that uh, sound effect mm. in the background. Tells us it's time once again for Paranormal Corner. And I've been waiting for this Paranormal Corner because, (laughs) you know, we get together for family events and stuff. And you said, oh, I got got to save it for the show. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. (laughs) So tell me, tell me, tell me. As I've already mentioned. Okay, what's touching my foot? (laughs) Oh, okay. It's the cord. for. Okay. (laughs) All right. As I've already mentioned, the ex was here to pick up some things that are still here at the house. And he also has friends in the area and made a visit with some of his friends. Okay. But I'm going to go back to earlier, probably I would say our first season and we're coming up on season five. Right. So if, so for those of you who've heard it before, hopefully you won't mind me reminding you. And if you're new to the show and have not binge listened, there's so much more that you're go not hearing. Go back in and this start episode. from the beginning. Yep. In order to get all of our in jokes and, and things like that. And, and we're speaking about paranormal because we haven't right. picked up on it yet. My house is haunted. Right. Okay. Back in the day, the the ex-husband and I at, at this point already knew that um, we, there was going to be a divorce in our future. And he was in a separate room than I both upstairs, but separate separate room than I. He also worked the graveyard shift, and I go to work at six in the morning or start work at six in the morning. Okay, so I get up early one morning. I do my usual thing. I'm in the master bedroom, and I go into the bathroom and do all the business that we do, and put on my face makeup, and I go downstairs into our parlor and I start putting on my steel toe boots. At this point. The ex comes downstairs, and he would have been home probably only hour and a half to two hours. He comes and stands in the looming in the um, parlor door and says uh, a little, uh, more than a little annoyed with me, and said, "What's with you in the toilet seats?" 
And I just looked at him, you know, just like, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. But already I can tell there's a little bit of, you know, some accusation there. And I'm like, I don't know what you mean. And so when he got Wait, was, home. Was he John Travolta from Greece? Because <laughs> that kind of sounds like. Andy? Jamma? What's with you in the toilet seats? Sandy? So there's a restroom downstairs as well. And he said when he got home from work that he had gone into the bathroom downstairs and that b- all of the, the, the lids were up. And so, you know, we ladies don't like that when lids are up because, you know, you don't notice all the time and you go to sit down and like, you know, it's cold, first of all. <laughs> um, well, well, he, he's also a sitter. Uh, and he said, and you had everything lifted up and I, you know, like started to fall through. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about because I didn't lift anything downstairs. Okay. And he says, and just now I got up to use the one in the master bedroom, and you had that one, all of those lifted up as well, and it happened again. At that point, I stopped tying the boots and got chills up my spine uh, because I had just left there maybe a minute, minute and a half ago and had been putting on the makeup and everything. And I can guarantee you, him, everybody, I had not lifted all the toilet seats. So what you're saying is you being a woman, the seat's always down for you. Always. And for him, he he was a sitter sitter when he pees as well. So... The seats are always down in your always house. Always down. The and only time they go too. up for, is for cleaning. Right. Or if we had visitors, but that would be the only the um, downstairs. And th- there hadn't been visitors at right. that time. So you're saying the so he's complaining to you. Why do you keep putting the seats yeah. up? Yeah. Because he because at this point he's probably wondering why are the seats up at all in this house? Because right. we're both sitters for and everything. He, and he's thinking that I'm doing it to like make right. some kind of a point. Right. Right. At that point, I'm like Brent. I just came from there and I guarantee you that they were not and anyway so we're both silent for a moment and then he said they're trying to get rid of me and he wasn't you know I mean it was just realization that it's right. time it wasn't like you know they're trying to get rid of me we, we were just both like whoa right. okay let's fast forward to a week ago and well let me let me just say there was a lot more activity there was when things started uh, and creepier uh, activity right and i'm not trying to get personal or anything but it is a personal show but when things got bad for you guys it there was a whirlwind of extra absolutely extra stuff and everything and we talked about it and i think we probably discussed this on the show i was certainly convinced they knew something was going on. Mm-hmm. They knew what was happening, and they were trying to give you messages. And they were trying—they were trying to get him out because they knew it was a bad situation for you. Right. Fast forward. So he comes here. I had him spend the night in the parlor downstairs. Um, but yeah, so the day—it's probably been about six or seven years, I would say, since I've seen him. Uh, maybe five. I don't know. Anyway, doesn't it doesn't matter. He does not not live in this state anymore, and I don't see him. And uh, but he, so he gets here, and we're just chatting, and he's telling me about the drive, this and that, and the other. It's it's in the evening. It's dark already, and he's like, "Oh, I've got to use the restroom." He goes into the downstairs restroom. Um, we had been chatting about something, so when he comes back out, I start to say, "So anyway, that and he says, "Hold on a second, boo. That's my nickname forever, apparently, which is sweet. It's fine." And he's like, uh, so he's like, you're seeing somebody, right? What's which boyfriend has been here recently? And I'm like, okay, whatever. Anyway, so like I said, so because I'm just thinking, all right, he's just, you know, I don't know, just trying to, to get some information from me. 
And he's like, no, seriously. He's like, I'm just curious. Was there somebody here today or was it recent or what? And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, you've got all the toilet seats lifted in the downstairs. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe so you. Again, have, I can't believe you have waited this long and held that story chills. to tell I'm me. I'm getting him now. Oh, my gosh. So then I've got chills and I'm like reading wow. his face and I'm like, no, but you're kidding, right? And he's like, I'm not kidding, boo. He says, you have all the toilet seats and they're lifted. Are you messing with me? And I'm like... Wow. I used that bathroom probably 10 minutes before you arrived. Wow. And they were not up and I didn't lift them and I didn't clean anything right then and there because I'd cleaned earlier. And I'm like, I didn't lift anything. So I kept asking him, like, are you messing with me? And he's like, I didn't even think about that. I just know that all your toilets are up and I know you don't lift them for anything except to clean. But wow. that's not it. That's not it. Wow. That's enough. So he spent the night there in the parlor, and then the next day we got busy loading the stuff into his car that was going to go back with him that's just been sitting here that was either going to go to the thrift store or go with him. So it's great. It's great. I got rid of some stuff. Uh, but I'm helping with that. And he, I go up to the master bedroom at one point to, I don't know what I was up there for. My closet door was open with the light on. He was never out of my sight, and I never got into that closet for anything. Right. So that was weird. I walk in and immediately I'm like, okay, well, the cats can't turn that light on. They couldn't wow. even, they wouldn't even be able to get the door open. So I know that it's not him. I know for sure that it was not him or me. And we're the only ones there besides the cats. Wow. That's not all. After he left, I was upstairs. This must have been, you know, later in the evening or whatever. And I've had this a lot recently. I hear things right next to me. I have a, a nightstand next to me, and right. I'll hear things right there. I've been, actually, I've been on the phone before with my brother, and I'm like, oh, okay, I don't even know what that was. I need to look, because it sounds like, okay, if, let's see if you guys can hear this. It just sounds, well, you probably can't hear that. Things are just getting moved around and thumped, and it's not the creaking of wood or a house. It's like deliberate stuff happening right next to me. Right. And I'll look, and I see nothing. And this kept happening after he left. Now things seem to be a little bit calmer a few days into it. Right. But that whole day was really wow. trippy because I was having stuff going on. And like I say, a lot. By the side of the bed, too. I don't even know what to think about they that. They don't like him. They know. It's really I'm, trippy. I'm not here to bash your ex or anything. I understand. But they know he's bad news for you, and they want to send the message to you and to him, this ain't a good thing. It's not the place. Don't be letting this happen. Yep. It, wow. It's it, So it happened again. And so I don't, I don't know, is that somebody's like freaky, weird sense of humor? I mean, it's like, what's up with the toilets? It's very strange, and it has not happened since it happened probably, I would say, nine or ten years ago. Right. It's never happened again. Wow. Wow. So there you go. I've been dying to tell you that. I know. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you didn't. <laughs> again. I'm glad you saved it for the show. That made this a and great And by the way, you guys, I was segment. with this guy for 16 years. I can read him pretty well. And so, no, I, I, I trust that he was, like, genuinely, like, all right, who's the guy? Right, who's right. Who's the guy? Wow. Yep. So, wow. what do you think about that? Wow. You can go to, again to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Snack a Little. 
You can also give us a call on a dedicated listener line. The number is 909-572-0278. Tell us what you think of the show. Tell us what you think about whether you think uh, smart people are funnier or funny people are smarter. Can smart people comprehend funny people better? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the movie, The Gods Must Be Crazy? If you haven't, the Ruddles. you need to. This is Spinal Tap, three mockumentary type of movies that you might want to check out. Yes. Old school, different humor. To gauge how smart you really are. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And of course, I will be posting that recipe on our Facebook page. Right. Because y'all got to try this. No flour. Wow. Yeah. Was was it gluten-free then? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, unless there's something gluten-ish. That I don't know about. By the way, I use date syrup, not maple. I never finished saying that. Oh, okay. And it was so good. You got to try it. And of course, you have to come back. Come on back.